on this episode of Quantum Week, March 5th through 11th, 1995. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines and our stories. And we are... um, in the beginning of March 1995 with Billy Madison and Hold My Hand by Hootie and the Blowfish. That's right. And we have some big shows coming up. So uh, our Patreon show is uh, Sunday. Yep. You're hearing this on Saturday, most likely Sunday. It's a Patreon show. It's going to be Outbreak. That's with uh, Justin Hoffman and Morgan Freeman and Rene Russo. Uh, so if you are working for some extra content, feel free to jump on. Uh, you can go to Patreon, the website, and look up Quantum Week and you can become a, a member. I think we have links in our... Yeah, links too. and Twitter, but, all over the place. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's the five dollar a month, and that can get you. Uh, I think you also will have access to the Rocky Three show we did last week as well. Yeah, so, you do. You get all the back stuff. Okay, so more exciting news too. So th- uh, next week is my birthday week. Yeah. Okay. So Matt doesn't even know these movies I are. Uh, I am very excited. We're going to be going. Uh, so next week, starting next week, we're going to be going to January 1998. Okay. Okay. So the Wednesday show, the next time you hear us, uh, is going to be Goodwill Hunting. Awesome. The Saturday show will be Titanic. Oh God. I have to finally watch that. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> and then we come back. If you have the Patreon for next week, Jackie Brown. That's great. It's a big week. I just saw Jackie Brown, but I'm happy to see it again. Goodwill hunting Titanic, Jackie Brown. Next Those are week. big. It's a big week for movies, That's right? Really big. A good week. That's crazy. Seen that for a long time. Let's try. So, uh, Titanic, I'm, uh, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it in the show. But, yeah. Yeah. But no, that, that's a big week. Jackie Brown were the reasons I, I chose. It, of so. course. Yeah. Gonna be a lot of Chris Love next week. Oh, that'll be a good change then, won't it? I I think I'm I've been the one. We've been getting heat this today. We got a lot of heat. We both didn't like Forrest Gump, which yeah, but they didn't even like. No, I mean, there's parts of it we didn't like. We didn't like the history part. No, we didn't shit. hate it. You, we didn't you hate think it. People think we hated it. But that's not what happened. No, no, I like I like it. I love the back and forth. It. I love that. You know. Yeah, me too. It's fun. Thanks for listening and participating. <laughs> we'll check out the next one. No, I'm just joking. And was that it for your it. announcements? Okay, so um, sorry about the more somber mood, but uh, we talked about my uncle uh, Tommy on the podcast a couple times. Yeah. He is a musician, piano player, right. a picture of me sitting on his lap, all that stuff. Um, pretty much the only other trained musician in my family. So, you know, I have a, I had a lot of respect for him in many ways, but he passed on today. He'd been battling with, uh, oh, with cancer. So, Why don't you tell me this before we went and jumped on? Uh, it's it's all right. I mean, I it's it's okay. I mean, he's been... it's. It's been imminent for a while now, and so it's just today happened to be the day. But I'm thinking about him, um, Uncle Tommy, good man, um, had a life, had a good life, uh, filled with music and and a lot of love from his family. So thinking about him. You said he was like the musician in your family, you know, like he was. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, right. He was trained. He thought about. I think he even started music school, but just um, at some point was like he transitioned to to a business school instead. But always played piano. We said. My family would do a lot of sing-along type stuff at family gatherings, particularly when I was younger. So I would participate in that. And I think he respected me. Like, I, I feel like I have a lot of artistic integrity with with music, and I pursued that too. And I think he, he respected that for me. And I feel like he always understood me. Like, I, I'm kind of a... Um, I've, I, like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm protective of my art a bit, or I wouldn't want to perform in certain circumstances. I think he respected and understood that more than kind of anybody else in, in my family. Like I wasn't just this jukebox that, that could perform, you know, like a monkey at will. It was more like, no, this is my art. And so I perform it under these circumstances when I get the best out of my art. 
And I think he always, he, he was the one that understood that, which uh, I appreciate. Well, he probably understood the work that goes in. Like, oh yeah. You know, he understands the work that gets in, goes involved with yeah, playing definitely. music at a, at a high level. Like, yeah. You know, like it's not as easy as it looks when you're, no, you know, no, no, lot, no. it takes a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get there. I'm sure that he understood it. I, I, that sucks. That's, that's sad. I know you said he had been struggling for a while. So yeah, it's sad. Um, but he had a good life and, uh, yeah, thinking about him. So shall we get to Billy Madison? Billy Madison. Yes. Um, this is a bottom five movie. No, it's not. This is, uh, I think I, I, slot, I slated it in uh, number four. <laughs> it's not as bad. <sighs> it's actually, it's better than Indecent Proposal. So um, say it. Well, we might as well say it then. That this movie's fucking trash. It is trash. I can't believe you. There's no way you like this film. I do. You are I do. so much smarter than that. I, I like, so there, there uh, actually get this ready. There yeah. are elements of brilliance in this film. Okay. Um, no, and I, I say that with no sarcasm. No, there aren't. Um, there are. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of losing a. I'm not. By the end of this, I might have lost a little respect for you. That's fine. I'm just getting the line. That. Everybody else has. That's fine. <laughs> um, I'm rooting against Sandler this whole film. Like I want him to die. So this is a movie that's pro nepotism. Yeah, which is kind of a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. I don't know why they didn't make the Bradley Woodford character his brother. I, I, I that's the thing is you're kind. That would have been better. That would have been a better. I don't know why they went so pro nepotism in this. Because you could have had him just be a shitty brother. Like I think they real and the movie does realize that mistake. And when he, when uh, Billy does give it to Carl at the end of the movie, yeah. I think they realize like this is this isn't you know yeah the little rich boy wins in the end. Like right. it's, a, it's a strange take on it. It's very pro. Uh, it's pro wealth and pro pro nepotism and um, also pro Trisket. I noticed uh, they did yeah, like a whole a five fun, minutes on the on the Trisket. Well, yeah, the joke though. I, oh I oh really was it the joke. It was. Well, jokes are supposed to be funny is what I, there were some very funny jokes in this movie. There was nothing funny about, um, I look at Adam's, I can't, has humor, has comedy changed so much in 20? I don't think he Have does. Have you changed so much in 20 years? Well, did, of course, did you think this movie was funny? Um, so I saw it when I was, I think 16 or 17, right? Uh, I told, I told you before, this was a first date of mine with this one. The first woman I ever loved actually went and saw this film and okay. they did, um, they were filming audience reactions after it, but we didn't wanted no part of that. So we got the fuck away. Oh, really? But, but he's from Manchester and that's where oh, you know, yeah. he went to my high school and we went to, you know, a movie theater on South Well street. So they thought it was a very friendly place for, you know, New Hampshire being Makes a sense. very friendly place for him. So they were filming that. Well, I, I saw the, the camera crew and we got the fuck out of there. Um, I probably liked it, but I was more interested in the girl than the movie, honestly. So who knows? But I you haven't seen it since. That's a strange take because it's on cable all the time. It's kind of a cult classic. Yeah cult classic it, it, this is like yes this is another you don't this is a huge people love this movie people love this movie i don't understand how that is how, between, this and, s- between this and the sandlot do you like live on another planet like do you are you are you like i think i liked the sandlot when i was a kid but then looking no, back like, on it, you don't like, shit. like you don't do you ever like before we did this podcast do you ever talk to people about movies of course all the time did you? yeah 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 of course right. did you do you uh um because people talk about this movie a lot it's like this is a lot of people's favorite comedy like How gonna, is that possible? You're going to piss off a shit. This is going to get a worse take than the Sandlot to some extent. There's, people like this film? Yeah, this is I a like pe- this film. How do you, no, there's no way you, what, do you, do. what grade do you give this film? A B minus, B, B minus, B, B or B minus, somewhere in there. Okay, so you think this is better than Forrest Gump? Because you gave that a C plus. You think this is a better movie than Forrest I Gump? Also, no, here's what I'll say. Yeah. I was more entertained by this movie than Forrest God, Gump. God, no. Yeah. The whole time, I like, I had a hard, I had a hard time. Forrest Gump's a better made movie if you like look at the craftsmanship. Yeah. But I'll say one thing, Forrest Gump's a, I mean, uh, Billy Madison's a fuck of a lot less manipulative and Billy Madison is a lot, 
funnier and a lot more entertaining. He's I was, not funny. He's acting like a five-year-old child. Like, I don't even oh, know. He, he's completely idiotic I the don't, entire time. But I don't, none of it, like, I don't. It, they, they don't explain why he's an idiot. It made sense it's, why it made it made sense why he was friends with with third graders like that. Made, that, that but it, but then right. I'm like, but this movie is for third graders. This isn't for me. Um, it's definitely for a younger audience. So I mean, I you know, look, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot more when I was I saw it in the theaters as well. I was 15. I saw the Lilac Mall. What up, Lilac? There it is, Mall. Lilac. Uh, so I saw it in Rochester, New Hampshire. I was 15. I was in stitches the entire time. Was I in stitches the entire time at 40? No, I wasn't. But did I laugh a lot at this movie? I, I did laugh a lot at this movie. I laughed. I don't think I laughed. How is that? Po- okay. Maybe I laughed twice. Um, I'm trying to think of what it was. There is a line. Okay. So there's the funniest things. So it's uh, Norm McDonald, by the way. Norm McDonald is my favorite stand-up comic. And he's horrible in this and not funny at all. I, fuck, I was like, Norm must look back and be like, holy shit. Yeah, he looks that back at being in, a, in, in, one of the, in one of the biggest comedies of the 90s and said that was terrible. The I'm biggest sure, comedies I'm that sure made, that's Norm McDonald's that biggest made, regret. It's Billy Madison. Uh, 26 a million. A sensation of a movie. That a movie that 26 million. Adam Sandler into superstardom. It and, made 26 and, million. And it was the first one. Of, that, well, he was in a several before, but right, it was his first no, main feature his first, one. It was I his know. first movie, but this catapulted him. This was the beginning. And it was the run on cable and DVD sales that made him a superstar. You undervalue with this movie. It, it is in the zeitgeist of comedies. You really do. You can, well, you can laugh it off all I'm, you want. I am laughing at the you know zeitgeist he, of comedy. This what does is, he call his production company? Oh, I know he calls it. He, uh, it's not Happy Gilmore. Happy, Happy Madison. Happy Madison. That's what it and is. And those two movies combined didn't make $100 million, But you know what they did? They, create, they made him a superstar. That's fine. And I don't, I don't begrudge him a superstar. Deal, but, all, but it's an iconic movie. Whether you like it or not, it's an iconic movie. Then it just shows that people have no understanding of what a quality fucking comedy is. This is not, you're a, <laughs> you are a, you are, a, you like comedy. I, I do. How do you like this fucking film? Because it's funny. Okay, you're going to tell me about the line that yes, was funny. so this one line in particular, I'm really sorry. I just thought the whole, the whole setup. So the setup is they're throwing pickles against the window to see which yes. one. Yes. So that's funny. So it's just, it shows you the low stakes of this conversation. Though. So low. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's Norm asked uh, Billy, uh, who would he rather, who would he rather fuck basically? Right. Uh, Meg Ryan, who at the time was probably the hottest woman, one of the hottest women in the world, or Jack Nicholson. And Billy thinks about it. He goes, Jack Nicholson in 74? And Norm goes, sure. He says, Meg Ryan. And then uh, he gives, uh, Norm gives a look like he was confused by that answer. <laughs> and that give and take is really funny. It does a couple of different misdirections there. It's a really funny question. It, it takes a spin on uh, that question of itself. The whole, that whole setup, uh, the setup, the premise, and then the, the punchline is really funny. There's a couple of different punchlines there. It's a really funny thing. That's an anomaly in a entirely forgettable film. Like that. So him and, oh, I'm sure you like him dancing on the stairs too. Right? Actually, I do. So I yeah. do like that. Okay, I explain, bet you do. Can I explain why? Because the reason to the brilliance of this film, which is... You just said brilliance of the film. I said it earlier too. Oh, I'm going to This hurl. movie has a level of brilliance in it. And the brilliance is, is that you are looking at this from the mind of hap- of uh, Billy the entire time. So what do I mean by that? So um, most movies don't take a, a view like that from the perspective of the lead character. Most of it's shot more, you are the audience and you are looking at it through your eyes. Yeah. What Happy, uh, what uh, Billy Madison does, excuse me, I keep uh, conflicting into, what Billy Madison does is it makes you look at this entire, you watch the entire movie from Billy's eyes. Yeah. So you see the penguin. The penguin is never... Uh, no one else sees the penguin. You've got a couple of views, but most time, most of the views are Billy seeing the penguin. That's right. You hear a song come out because that's just a song he's thinking of. 
But the brilliance of the film is that it it, it is an entirely uh, shot, and uh, everything in it is from his perspective. Yeah. Which most movies are not. So another movie like that is Observe and Report, which is a much, which is a, one of the best comedies of last second. But a lot of people hate that movie. You know, but, I wanted to go back and see that film because I know how highly you rate it. But after your rating of this fucking film, I don't know that I can do that. That's that's fine. I could care less you watch or not, honestly. Let's all I make you watch it in one of my birthday weeks. Um, <laughs> but that movie also is shot from the perspective of the lead character. And it's a very jarring because he ha- he's basically his bipolar. He's manic. Yeah, so he's at times it's very high, very low. Yeah. Where Billy is just always stupid. So you're always looking at it. So everyone around him is behaving stupidly. And sometimes you wonder if everyone be- around him is even behave. Is that's even what's happening? Like at one point they all break into song and the clown kind of comes back to life, which I think is hysterical. And Oh, the song is horrid, but that the, but the whole the clown, song, the, the song doesn't part, exist. No, the clown part is interesting. The clown part is really funny. Yeah. And, and um, the whole, the whole song doesn't exist. It's all in his mind. Yeah. But a lot of the movies just in his mind. And yeah. the movie doesn't make any apologies for it and also doesn't ever tell you it's in his mind. The audience, believe it or not, Billy Madison is assuming the audience is smart enough to get that, which Shut is pretty cool. Up. Come on now. That does, I don't think he's that self-reflective. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, he's not, but the movie is. That's what I mean. I don't think the movie is that self, self-reflective. I think he is, his, his, his idea of comedy is, is juvenile inanity. And so they made a movie of juvenile inanity. Right. Yeah. But it did some clever things with it. There were, okay, there were a couple parts that if the movie were more funny, I would enjoy those little nuggets more. I could see that those would be kind of entertaining if the movie made more sense. I mean, he's fucking, like, he's fucking sexually assaults a teacher and she's cool with it. Well, okay. She's like, I I agree. I think also that might be in his mind to some extent. Her, her appeal for him. The other element was it is a different time. Oh yeah, true. You no, know, I'm not I'm saying it's right at all, but I'm saying the uh, the social. Then the whole thing's a society fantasy. Society being more okay with it is because of that time. Then the whole thing's a fantasy because everything about that. Then he's in a coma somewhere, dreaming up this. No, fucking it's world. not saying elsewhere. It's not what's happening here. Because You're just the, seeing no, different things from his perspective. No, because it's not a dream. In no world does that woman fall in love with that. He is not a viable mate. He's a fucking complete. No, he's, he's a child. He's a complete fucking. Unless idiot. she's a complete. Uh, she's completely money hungry. And he's only seeing the love she has for him. She's ignoring her greedy ways. Yeah, see, you are installing meeting into this film that isn't there. I'm installing logic because we have to because you're only seeing it from Billy's perspective. There's no logic to... No, no, they wrote a bad script because they were young and they didn't know any better. They wrote a very funny script that, that has some problems for sure. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a movie that basically... They also did this too. It's like, we're going to tell a bunch of jokes everything else can kind of just fit where it goes. And the director, Tamara Davis, who isn't great. She, yeah. She's not great. No. Um, married to Beastie Boy. Beastie Boys, by the way, yeah, are great. Know, are great. Amazing. Well, she needed to increase her greatness. So what did she do? She married up. <laughs> oh, I don't, but, oh, well, she did, but that's, anyone marrying Beastie Boys, marry. I mean, Beastie Boys are, I, just, I love Beastie Boys so much. Anyway, she did some interesting things in this movie, though. They could have made the Penguin a lot of different ways. They could have done things a lot of different ways. They chose to do things a certain way. And it's interesting the decisions they made. And I really like like the great, they said the staircase, she's dancing around um, to a culture club song because it's song, for you, the song was just in his head and yeah. he just danced with it. And the, but I love how they didn't explain it. I really like that choice by Davis. Fine. But if they did, if they did a bunch of that throughout the film, maybe it would make more they sense. They do a bunch of it. He sees a penguin. They have a musical pop out of nowhere. Uh, the O'Doyle's uh, car goes off. The, that car never went off the cliff. Oh, that was so stupid. That but was telegraphed forever. That's the whole point. Telegraphed. But it never happened. I don't think. So my interpretation of it is this, is that he says to the O'Doyle oldest one, 
I don't know much, but like your family's going to go yeah, you're down. You're going to get it, yeah. I don't think that car ever really crashed. I think that's what Billy wanted to happen because you're seeing it from his perspective. Then again, he's in some sort of fucking, then he's, he's alone, he's autistic, he's in his world and he's creating he's his autistic. own thing. He's delusional and he's stupid, but he's not a, I don't know Then he's nothing happened. That's what I'm saying. There's no reality to so, this. Then there's there, zero I think there reality. Is some reality. What's the threat of reality then? You can't find any threat of reality because, because he's not acting like any human being would act ever no, at his not. age. He's not acting like anyone would act and ever. And you have some of, you know, some of these points of surreality. Do you like the fact that they make that they don't care about making Billy likable? I really like that. So he makes fun of a kid for trying to read at one know, point. Yeah. He does get dragged out of the class for doing so, but it's a horrible thing to do. And they don't seem, and he doesn't seem to really care. He never apologizes. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you okay. the two things I liked. Okay. One was that the high school kids didn't put up with this shit. Right. They're like, they yeah, call him out of the like, shit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that, that makes sense. The second one that I liked is um, who's that Downey guy who played the the oh, James Downey's a brilliant James Downey is, is he was my favorite part he made me laugh James just his Terry. face made me laugh so James Downey Jim Downey who was one of my favorite people like in comedy ever he, he was, was a long time writer for SNL yeah he wrote one of my favorite sketches which is um, he's also in it uh, it's a commercial and it's about a bank that doesn't take out loans or anything else all they do is make change. Hmm. I don't remember that one. It's it's like you bring in you know a dollar and you need four quarters. We'll do that for you. Yeah, you know, it, it, the, the, just the simplicity and the ridiculousness of it. And it's <laughs> but it's shot like a real bank commercial. It yeah. is very funny. Jim Downey is a genius and uh, also very right wing, yeah. uh, which is uh, odd for comedy, especially SNL. Totally. So a lot of those like jokes kind of made at the expense of liberals in the eighties and early nineties were Jim Downey. Yeah, but Jim Downey was um, people idolized him. So Sandler, Norm Macdonald, uh, Chris Rock. Uh, that whole group, Farley, Spade, those guys just like saw like Jim Downey's like their like uh, surrogate father at I SNL, see. and so it's no surprise to see him pop up in here. Um, no surprise, obviously, also to see Farley, who Sandler has said many times is the funniest person he's ever. He's I love ever Farley. Met. I thought he was shitting this, but, but he was hysterical. He's like, why? Why is that not funny to you, man? Like, what? How is that not funny? He's just like not, some bus driver who's angry. That's funny. I guess. I guess I don't know. Maybe I, maybe my maybe I'm just looking for a slightly more elevated form of comedy than you. Than you and your fart jokes. I think you mean. <laughs> See, you laugh. That's funny. Yes, you make me laugh. You are funny. I am funny. And yes. A little conceited too, but you're funny, yes, yes. and I'm surprised that you find this movie funny. This is not funny, it is funny. at all. I think there are like put this up again. I know they're totally different. But okay, put this up against. Fucking Ghostbusters. Oh, come on. No, but man. do that. But do that. But Ghostbusters say, is miles better. No one's arguing that. A billion times better. But it, you're arguing if this movie like, should have even saying, been made. Yes. That's a, well, that's a different argument. Yeah, that's different than saying it's not one of the iconic comedies of all time. No, this is like, this is not, it just it wasn't funny at all. It's like the, it's not, I don't, child's, the way that uh, watching an adult act like a child is not funny to me. It's, it's just not funny. I, I don't I don't know why it doesn't it doesn't do it. Do you like any Adam Sandler movies? Yeah, I definitely do. But they're probably which ones? Well, they're going to be the more serious. Like I love Punch Drunk Love. Oh, okay, all right. And, keep going. Okay, right. Um, right. Happy Gilmore, I like better. Oh, but no, but it's I haven't. That's the same it's fucking not, thing. It's not. There's. It's definitely it, elevated. It, it, so it's after, definitely elevated. So I, for a long time, said Billy Madison was a better movie. Uh, after I've seen Happy Gilmore more recently. Um, I've said, said I see. I have. I maybe I haven't seen Billy in ten years, and I saw Happy in the last five. Happy Gilmore is better yeah, than better. Billy Madison, yeah. which for a long time I said the opposite. I was wrong. Also like 50 first, first Dates. I think that's a good one. Oh, come I like, on. I like, see, that, see, that to me is boring. I like Spanglish. That's a good movie. Oh, Spanglish is not a good movie. It is Spanglish a good movie. He's very not, good in that. No, it is absolutely. Spanglish yeah, is manipulative drivel. It's not manipulative. It is absolutely. It is. Spanglish, Spanglish is not this movie. No. All right. 
You, you just said Spanglish is better than Billy Madison. This is, I mean, yeah, this it's is way just, better than Billy Madison. That's tough. To like this, is, who even? This isn't even a script. He, he were he was drunk with his buddy when they fucking wrote this thing. I have the only reason why they gave him well, his buddy is Tim Hurley, who by the way is Tim one of the Hurley, most right. like, powerful men in comedy in a lot of ways. Him and Sandler, they made like well, of course they're powerful because think about think he's about not the, just some guy though. Whether you like whether okay, I don't like a lot of. things. I have a lot of respect for for Adam Sandler too. By the way, this is you know I'm I putting down. I'm, no, I'm putting down this piece of shit movie, but he's done a lot. I. I respect the fact that he's made so much money that he gets he gets jobs for all of his friends. He seems like he has a good life. He makes piece of shit movies for Netflix right now. Yeah. But then he also does things like Uncut Gems yes, or Punch Drunk Love. Like he yeah. has he does have a range, but he's just like, hey, I can make a lot of money. I can have, you know, low budget productions um, with shitty scripts with my buddies and we'll make them some money and I have a good life. Like I respect him. Definitely. This is just a shit movie. Funny with Netflix, uh, you brought that up. So Netflix doesn't really release, doesn't really release numbers uh, their numbers yeah, yeah. but they have said number of times like the second adam wants to re-up this contract they're, they're all for it i guess his movies um just do such gangbusters on that netflix on the netflix uh you know that platform yeah that they're so profitable because he can keep the cost so low and i guess the audience they bring in are so high even though they're paying him an arm and a leg sure it like he's like the netflix is basically come out and said that he's one of the best investments we've ever made tells me a lot about the audience yeah i mean uh, did so, you watch? You didn't watch the Halloween movie, did you? I had not. I haven't. I haven't watched his Netflix stuff. I can't I, watch I, it. Like, I mean, you know, uh, g- growing up, I mean, I loved his audio tape, uh, the one with Tobu with Willie. That on was it. pretty funny. Yeah, uh, we had medium pace on. It. Like, it was a really funny tape, you know, at the time. And uh, Billy Madison, I thought was very funny. I still enjoyed it. Uh, Happy Gilmore is very funny. Uh, I think Wedding Singer is a very. Good, oh, I like Wedding is, Singer too. It's yeah, a very good that's, comedy. That's that a good you one. Know, it's a yeah. really enjoyable movie. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean. I even, I mean, there's even parts of Little Nicky I laugh at. Like, I find maybe it is my immature side or my, like, you know, lowbrow side, but there are parts of some of the stuff he does that does make, that do make me laugh. But, like, I like that Adam Sandler a lot more than, like, the Spanglish, like, trying to be serious Adam I think Sandler. he's good as a serious But, like, uh, I saw like, that movie Click. Like, that's not a good movie. No, that wasn't you know, I've good. never seen Jack and Jill. I've seen pieces of it. That does not look good. Like, no, I'm not watching I mean, that. I'm sure he's made, but, like, this movie in particular, you know, you got to give it whether you, almost like whether you like it or not, to some extent, you have to give it some element of credit just for being successful because it was the first one and it made money and it created a jumping off point for him. Yeah, I agree with that. But people also buy Hootie and the Blowfish songs and fucking albums. So, you know, uh, just because it's successful, I mean, I respect that it was successful, but doesn't mean that it's good. Doesn't mean that it's artistic. Doesn't mean that it's fucking funny. No, that's fair. I, 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 not just because it's successful doesn't mean it's good. I, I buy that. <laughs> I'm just saying you have to. We have to at least acknowledge. I, I do that. acknowledge that, and I you appreciate that. You said it only made 26 million, but it's not what really happened here. That's not. So the, what happened? So uh, well, like, yeah, but that's that's how I know. You know, that's what it made in the box office. But that's not. But that's really undersells it. Okay, so but we un, that, that's how we talk about all the movies. We we it tend is, to not but, talk about but, right. But everything has a context. So sure. like, you're right. So a lot of times with movies, the box office is really the end result. Yeah. But this movie the rental numbers and the fact that it enabled him. Now he had, he had a top movie in Hollywood where he now had clout to get happy Gilmore made. Right. And that gave him clout to get, you know, the wedding yeah. and his star just kept rising. Like to just, you know, to just say it was a $26 million movie. That's not telling the whole story here, especially when it still has, I said people, this movie still has a huge run on cable. People talk, people watch this movie a lot more than they watch movies that came out five, 10 years ago. That seems very strange to me. I mean, I don't feel like he gave anybody anything to play off of in this film. There were so much gaps between him acting like a fucking child and someone else delivering their next line. Like, how do you, you're Bradley Whitford. You're a good actor. Yeah. How the fuck do you, like, what do you, what do, you do with this guy? Like, what do you, it, there was like nothing, you can't, you can't interact with it. Like, uh, the, 
anybody who's not him is out of place in this film. Him and his drunk buddies, of course. That is out of place in this film. You can't. But that's that's in theory. It's where the comedy lies, though. That's the whole point. Uh, no. That the point is like almost like that he doesn't belong. You're right. He does. And see, that's one thing I do like about the movie is that it, ha- it has no. It does not make Billy likable and has no problem saying exactly who Billy is. And you're right. Billy's a third grader. That's who he like. He associates with third graders. Yeah, he and does. He the high school. He's completely out of place. Like he's a fucking immature idiot. He and is. It has and it never once apologizes for that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't try to. It doesn't try to like hit you with a message. Nothing. It's just this is who this guy is. He's kind of deplorable. He's kind of shitty. Yeah. He's he's a he's a you know he doesn't even. I, I'm glad he you know you're glad at the end he doesn't get the hotels because he doesn't deserve them. He's no, he a shitty rich idiot. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean it can't still be funny. It could be, but it's not. Not to me. I didn't. I didn't. I probably maybe there was a. You chuckle. didn't laugh at the Meg Ryan Nicholson thing. That's really no, funny. I, I didn't think it was that funny. Like I'm guessing Norm wrote that. That's really funny. Yeah, it seems normish. It does. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't find it very funny. I was like cackling for like ten minutes afterwards. That was so funny. Did uh, Did your wife watch it with you? No. Okay. Yeah. A barber was with me, and she's like, "I can't. I'm gonna fucking strangle this motherfucker." I'm like, "I'm right there with you, kid. Let's take. Let's go. Let's go take him out. Let's go take him out." No, but if we took him out, then we wouldn't have. Uh, I will say also, Billy Madison's more of a guy movie, though. It's oh, a guy comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It has to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, because no chick is going like, to relate to this. You didn't think the Miss, Miss Lippy stuff, like this like psycho first grade teacher, that stuff, that's funny. That's a funny bit. Because she's, da- I mean. Well, no, because she's just like, uh, like a, you know, uh, someone who's not a traditional adult, like you just behaves in an odd way because they're with kids all day. Yeah. I think that's pretty funny. Yep. That was. You didn't think any of that was funny. What? I mean, did it. Did you think him drilling the kids to dodgeball is funny? I've just, I think it's tell it's so telegraphed. In fairness, though, you know people have ripped that off too since then. I'm sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. Like Peyton Manning's done some bits on SNL where he's kind of ripping it off, and like that's been that's that when that first happened, that was pretty. Yeah. So I mean, I it, can see why you probably weren't wouldn't hurt children in a movie like that in uh, in before that time period. That was that, that might have been a first. To yeah, get, I remember seeing it being shocked and people talking about it afterwards. Yeah. And, I mean, do I think like, you know, I think I don't think it's a bad, like all the cool kids pee their pants. Like, is that funny? Not as not necessarily, but I think it's a good way to show the character as heart without him actually having to have like real heart because he doesn't have real heart. So I think some of the things like that are, are well done. I mean, he could have um, given given that kid his sweatshirt to right. put over. But he's not smart enough. No, he's, he's just using him just to, miss, just to piss his pants. <laughs> Which is funny. That's it's funny. Not, it's not. Oh my God. I like, I mean, there You're is, gonna get crucified. I can't imagine why. I mean, I I don't understand why people would like this film. I don't get it. There's a there's a lot of people that really like. Like this there movie. are lots of way more funny movies than this. Out I there. no one's that may be so, but this this isn't, wasn't even slightly this isn't enjoyable a bottom to me. Five, so what is your bottom five? Um. Well, like what I, is this? Like what is this worse than? Oh, worse than well, Alvin Chipmunks is the worst. Yeah, Alvin Chipmunks, and then Identity Thief is down there. I think it's not as bad as Poseidon. It's right above Poseidon. That's crazy. Yeah, no. That is insane. I was asking Poseidon myself, which one, which one would I rather? I was a tough decision for me. Right. Which one would I rather watch, Poseidon or, yes. or Billy Madison? And I was like, that's a horrible I think thing. Billy Madison, but just a little. Just a little. This is a terrible you know, movie. People, and I see the Christmas movies, like, people are like, oh, you guys are just like, you know. Shitting on everything. No, I, but are you kidding me? it's a bit like I, one person likes it, one it's person. It's not. A, it is, but like, it's, this is who this, like, this is, just so you know, audience, 
This is who I'm working with every, twice, three times a week now. This is Patreon. Uh, this is what I'm dealing with. Like this is this is this. Is, he's being real here. This I can't is believe you're the populist. Is. You're the you are the critical bitch. Normally, I don't understand. I'm not. We're getting into this little zone for la- lately where I'm the critical bitch, but usually you are. The you're only, the one that has no fun. You're the one who's mean and has no fun. I'm usually like the nice one who's more jovial. This is the ultimate no fun take. Because this movie is just fun. It's exactly what this movie but is. But it's, it's just fun. not fun. It's not like if him acting like that is not funny to me. It's just not funny. Like I, I, I wish it were. I like some. Uh, okay, in um, uh, what's the in the Hangover? I liked when the the baby got hit with the car door. That made me fucking you didn't like laugh. that enough either. Well, it's because the first time I saw it, I laughed really hard when that happened. I thought that was the best part of the movie. But now I know it, so it just didn't. That movie was really funny. That movie was okay. It's not super bad. It's so much better than either of these films. I, but you can't. I can, and I did. That, that's like saying, that's like, you know what that's like saying? The every wedding movie, singer. No, 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 let me finish. That's like saying every movie stinks it's not The Godfather. Well, that's, that's not, not the Godfather, true. so it sucks. That's not true. The it w- sucks. Wedding Singer is a lot better than this. That's a fair take. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, a lot better? It's better. It's a lot better. Wedding Singer is, is a lot more manipulative, the other, too. The other thing, though, is I it, I would actually prefer that it's not, like, that it's not just, um, buffoonery after buffoonery after buffoonery. Like, I'd like some thread there. I'd like some story there, too. This it's is, great. No, the story racing is that great. It's pretty good. It's not a great story. No, but you also develop the other characters in there, too. You don't yeah. really develop the end of the, uh, Right. You develop nobody uh, else in this fucking film. I, I agree, right. Everybody's an idiot in this fucking film for, like, for, for liking this guy, for putting up with this guy. Yes, right. For, having, for wanting to have sex with this guy. Like, yes. what the... There's no... In no world does this woman look at Adam Sandler's character, Billy, and say, this makes a fine mate. No, I'm but, allowed but, uh, to put ha- his seed in me. But no maybe, like I said, maybe she's uh, driven by money. We don't know that. This is... Yeah, okay. We could create all sorts of layered realities yes. on top of this well, you if we have want to. to. Well, you have a movie that's shot to the perspective of... That's I, the thing is that where this movie is, is different and no, unusual. They're not... They didn't make... That's not what they were doing. They, they made a shit movie they, for because they had $5 million to spend. Whether it was their intent or not, that's what they did. They created a movie that shot through the perspective of the main character and you're seeing his, his opinions, thoughts, and coloring in the world. And when you do that, you will lose other characters' definition. That, well, is, that is simply the listen, nature of the beast. Poseidon was shot through the eyes of Poseidon it the God. It was not, it was not, Yes, though. it was. It was, not, not, it was Poseidon making, the God. No. Yes. I, you see, you're trying Who to be sorry. in the but, deep end, but I, oh, looking up at the boat. Here's the, here, here's the proof. I can prove why, how it was, now you may say that was was a like a happy mistake or whatever that was just a, a a glorious accident that happened or whatever but that's what happened and because of that it does get a bit of a, a curve there it also has a degree of difficulty with some things now poseidon was not shot that way obviously you're trying to, to, yes. to mock me i'm just saying that we can we can, can envelop prove, anything with but, uh, other but reality not, but i'm proving to you how this exactly you have a song play out of nowhere and he dances what other movie do you see that happen in I don't know. I can't name one. I'm sure it's happened, but I don't I, but know it many. Doesn't I don't happen know many at all. Yeah. I mean, because it's really rare. Yeah. Because it's strange. To, it's a strange thing to have happen in a movie, and because of that strange choice, I give it a little bit of credit. See, I think they looked at Adam Sandler in his skill set, particularly from well, from Saturday Night Live. What does he do? Right. Like he sings little goofy songs, like canteen he boy, he dances around, right? Um, opera man, whatever. Right, and right. He like he you know, and he's he acts. He has a little bit of a lisp, kind of drunk kid. Um, act buffoonery yes like those are his good things so we need to make sure that he does his little dances in here too i think that's why they did it it wasn't because you know we're we're putting there's there's multiple realms of this reality i don't disagree with the intent but 
just because that was the intent doesn't mean the finished product doesn't belie something different. Like, no, no, but, but then we're interpreting it from our reality, and I just don't think that that makes well, sense. Well, you have to, though, because no. the only reality you're getting is his. It's an interesting thing in a dumb, quote-unquote, dumb comedy. It's an interesting viewpoint to have, and because of that, I think it's why it's had such long legs, and because of that, it's why it's, an, it's a more interesting movie than a Spanglish. It's probably why Tamara did so so well after this film. Did all those great movies after this? She did. She didn't do any before or after. Uh, she uh, no. I I agree. I'm not a I'm not a Tamara Davis fanboy. She she's a TV director. You know. It's just, yeah, just, I, and I that's that. fine. Um, um, I did see uh, um, was it Half Baked, which I liked at the time. Mm-hmm. It's Chappelle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She did that. And Jim Brewer, who I think is underrated. Yeah, um, he's underrated. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, she's had an interesting, especially for a woman. She's kind of an odd because you would think these movies are directed by guys. You would just assume, yeah, right? This seems I mean, like just a guy out, film. right? Yeah. Um, so the fact they're not, it is, it is telling. A few things are telling. So one thing that is telling is that I, I don't believe Stan ever worked with her again. And I was thinking the same thing. He also and, didn't work with that old fat guy that was in his group. It was Norm, whoever that other right. guy was, and, and right. said, "Oh, what if that guy was supposed to be far away? We didn't have enough time or something." You wonder, like that—that that didn't seem like that should have been right. that guy. Mm-hmm. We never see him again, obviously. So no. you wonder if Sandra either didn't have a great relationship with—I don't know—or maybe she didn't want to work with him anymore. She didn't like the—we don't know. I mean, I'm just totally speculating here. But you—you you do at least acknowledge, though. I want you to at least before we move on, at least acknowledge that this, because you're seeing it from his perspective, it do, it is it is a different take than most comedies. Sure. That, that's all. And now, whether it's funny or not. That's that's taste, you know. I mean, what, I think it's funny when an old man steps in a bag of poop and they laugh at it. He's like, he called the the poop. He called the uh, shit poop. Like that's funny. It's stupid, but it's funny. <laughs> it's stupid, but it's funny. It's just funny. And like the lady warns him, don't step in the bag again. Like that's just funny. It's just I don't know why it's funny. It's just it's sophomore. It's totally stupid. I get it. It's I idiotic. like sophomore. I like it. I, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I told you one of the the, the time that I laughed hardest. In in the theater was watching fucking um, Jackass. That Jackass okay. one, yeah, made me laugh so hard. And that's stupid. It was absolutely. This is stupid too. This that that's way better than this. Way better than this fucking stupid film. Oh, all right. I all guess right. We're so, just well, so I give it. I give it a B. You give this like a, a F, it's, it's D the, minus. Yeah, it's in getting? the D's. I guess. Yeah, because I don't. I don't know. F is Alvin and the Chipmunks. F and, is Alvin and the Chipmunks. And then identity. Thief, I think is I, I was having a hard time. I'm like, is this is this worse than Identity Thief? It was, cool. that was okay, a tough I have a question for you. Yeah. Which character is more annoying? Uh, Billy Madison or Melissa McCarthy's character in Identity Thief? Oh, that's a fucking toss up. That's a toss up. Crazy man. That's a crazy take. Oh, she's horrible. Uh, she, she's horrible. Yeah, but he, I can't, but he is too. He he's a selfish bitch. He's a selfish fucking bitch that just acts like a child. But you see how identity you don't need to apologize for her and she becomes good at the end? Yeah, she does. Billy Madison doesn't do that and you gotta respect it for that. It's true to its character because you're seeing it from his world. I really like that element. Imagine if identity might have been a lot better if you saw it from her perspective and it never apologizes for her. Probably. Yeah, I could see that. And that's why this movie's better. It's better because it's an hour and a half. Gotta like that too. Short I time. like In that. and out. Get me, get me. It, it, it felt see, longer. Sandler's good at that. Yeah, he is. He's, He's smart he about knows. that. He always has been. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate, I have a lot of respect respect for Sandler. He's had a good career. He's done a, a good lot of, career. He's got a, he's, a good okay. career. Well, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's done. Oh, he's uh, a Hall of Famer. He absolutely is a Hall of Famer. That's, <sighs> that's an insane take. Well, you can we'll, roll we'll, pull? No, let's not do that right now. Well, let's do it because we'll hit him again and we'll do we'll do Hall of Fame. We'll do no, a, no, no. I just do want a poll. Should I do a poll? Of him being in the Hall of Fame or not? Yeah. Let's no, let's do an episode where we talk about the okay. Hall of Fame. All right, all right, all right. And like work that out and then we'll do the poll. Think about it, guys. Think about it. 
Tweet, tweet him out. Tell him to send it to me in the Hall of Fame. Just, just, you can tell. I just want to talk about it. Let's talk about it all Are time. we done with this shit movie? Is that yes? Yeah. Okay. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mess with a little peace and some harmony. It's probably not better. Yeah, I think that's probably what needs to happen. So we are uh, Hold My Hand by Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, this is a, this is, this is a, it's hard, it's hard to call it a bad, it's hard to call it a bad song. It's not a good song. It's not a good song. Not a good song. It's not it's, a bad song. It's, but it's, it's an, un, it's a very, it's a non-interesting song. Can I call it what I think it is? Go ahead. A boring song. This is a boring song. Yeah. Um, Hootie, if you let, so here is, um, Hootie's, there is their last album was, I think 2020. Okay. Hold my hand, right? Oh, totally. Or even, uh, here we are again. Uh, oh yeah. Wait, wait, that's just the. Oh, hold my hand. This, this totally it's, like, it's you just so, you can't you can't get away from hold my like he does. That's their song. That's their song. That that's it. That's their sound. I I, uh, I so I was gonna do a game with you for this. Do you still want to? No, because I I couldn't do it. So the game was this: uh, you have let her cry, only want to be with you. Yep. Hold my hand in time. Those are the four hits that came from this album. Yep. I was gonna rank them. Like maybe we rank them and see which one. Oh yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Honestly, man. There's, I, they're indecipherable. Like it's, it's the same. It's the same song. fucking song. Right. I'm like, I can't rank. I don't know what's bad or good anymore. After I listened to four songs, I was just like, I don't even know which one was which. Like, this isn't even a fun game. No, I, there's, I, there's no way to it's rank the same them. fucking song. Yeah. If you listen to their, like, listen to their album, you'd think, uh, so, okay. So they did, um, like three albums, like back to back, basically three or four albums. Back to review. Fairweather Johnson. Right. And another one? Mm, yeah, maybe one more. Yeah, I think you're right. And then they sort of took some time. Hootie did uh, uh, did his solo career for a while. Couldn't sell any albums. Went country. Yeah. Could sell. And the re- that makes... Did actually, he sell once he went country? Yeah, see, that, that's the thing. It's, uh, I think this... I, I just played this. this is, yeah. Uh, that first one you did? Uh, the second one I did was the... I just lost it. But um, that... Oh, and this one. Um, I think is it... Here... here Why do I have Yeah, I so it's, it's like it's but the same pacing. It's the same thing. That's it's just this, like this, it's this, the same fucking pacing. This is with, with like a twang. That's exactly right. Um it is this is why adult contemporary it's it's the same like you it doesn't matter it, adult contemporary is any it could be any style. It's just it's almost like his all the Hootie and the Blowfish songs work as country songs. His country mm. songs would work as Hootie and the Blowfish songs. There, it's just you would have maybe some different instrumentation. You might have a slide guitar, or he might do a little bit more twangy. Um, he like he he affects his voice. Yeah, uh, when he does the country, but they're but they are interchangeable. All of it's interchangeable. And then you listen. So you listen to his albums. I just kind of scrolled through even to the 2020 album that he did. They're all 
interchangeable that you think like a band would get to a point where like, okay, we're so fucking tired of doing the same four chord thing. Why don't we, let's just, let's go out on a limb, try something a little bit different. Like let's infuse other elements. Let's do like a more keyboard oriented song or like, let's do something that's got more of a funk beat or something like do something to switch it up. But they were never interested in doing that. Ever. No. And it also explains why their career never really advanced. So like, you know, they had this hit crack review and Matt, I'm sure we'll test. This Jesus was Christ. I mean, it was just everywhere. I it mean, is. You, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't escape it. It was, it's like the 19th biggest album ever or something like that. I it's, saw um, it. Made, it sold 25 million albums. It's one of the biggest albums of which all time. Which is crazy. I it mean, was, uh, I think nine, number nine in the 1990 to 2000s. So something like that. It was, it's, it's a huge, huge album. album. So, their next album didn't really, Fairway to Johnson did not do well no. comparatively. No. And, you know, it's just the same fuck. It just, they never were able to like mature as a band. I mean, imagine the Beatles like only had, you know, She Loves You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all they did was just different iterations of She Loves You. And you, that's. You get bored. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have one song that sounds great or one song that's a big hit. I mean, not really a fan of any of this stuff, but whatever. But you need more. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's not, they're not innovative at all. He's just, uh, right. It's the same thing. His vote, he doesn't write good melodies. He writes very, very standard, easy melodies that don't do anything. He doesn't sit anywhere in a chord when he's singing it that you wouldn't expect him to go. Um, so people would say he's got kind of a compelling, uh, baritone voice if, if you like that. And it's fine. His voice is fine. Um, but yeah, it's not innovative at all. So of course, if you hear these songs, those four songs that you mentioned yes. on the radio, and it happened over this in this yes. year, we heard it all the, all time, the time on adult contemporary music, on, on rock. rock rock stations, on pop, uh, pop forty, all those stations. You hear these all the time on MTV, VH1, all the time. Um, you're sick of it. Like you don't want to hear that same song again. So of course, the next album doesn't sell. Of course, his solo career doesn't sell because he sounds the same. But why don't they? Ch- like, I'm not a musician. I don't know. I. But like, why not just do something different? I just don't think they have the range. But I mean, like, why not just try and fail? I, th- my question they had exactly. The power. I mean, they had a huge cloud after this. Um, after this album came out, they could do whatever they wanted to. I don't think they're that bright. I just think they've got their own. You know, they they're uh, they get their lead guitar player. He's. I think they're smart guys. Decent, maybe. I think, I think there's a difference between being bright and being talented at music. I'm a bright guy or I think I am. I can't play a note. But the thing I'm is, not smart. Yeah, but the thing, well, musically smart. I mean, they, the right. thing is they can play their instruments. Okay. Not bad. Um, he's got a, he has a, a fine voice, like as good a voice as many other pop groups. Like they're as good talent wise as many other pop groups out there or there have been. And, Yet they right. I just don't think they've got they've, they've, they've they're smart in a, in this box. They can't. Maybe they're not creative enough. They can't see outside that box. It's such a narrow can box. I, I don't understand. Can it. I defend them for a second? Uh, yeah. So there is an album. I think I was going to talk about it in an earlier episode. Whatever. It's called Encomium, and it was a uh, tribute uh, CD uh, to Led Zeppelin. You cannot find it, unfortunately, on anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it did come out. I swear to God. Uh, and. Uh, different bands like I uh, did different cover songs of famous Led Zeppelin songs. Yep. It's a tremendous album. It's fantastic. It's awesome. Good news is the Hootie one actually is available uh, on iTunes. It's yeah. not under that. that say, album. Hey, what can I say? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's all right. I think it's great. I really enjoy listening to it and it forces them to have a different sound. Yeah. The thing is, it's not that much different to me than what they're doing. Like, of course they picked that song. That was the closest thing to what they do. Um, and his, I really like that song. You don't really like that song. I like that song when Zeppelin when does Zeppelin it. Is it. Yeah, because I, I, they're just they're they have more they're more badass about it. They're, there's I like think more, I like the fact that they're not when I hear. It. So I guess it depends on your taste. But regardless, it's 
it is miles away better than anything else they've yeah, done. That's exactly and I right. think it's because they got them out of their box a little bit. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah. It, obviously, if they had their druthers, they would just stay in this one cracked review box forever. They're no different than Train. They're no different than Five for Fighting. They're no, I'm sorry to say, they're no different than Jack Johnson. It's no, just a, yeah, it's, it's a very Jack similar. songs are better, though. They're no different. Listen to this. No, okay, so. Are you going to trash? You're going to. Uh, um, no, so here, uh, so I'm just going to give you hold my hand a little bit more. No. Uh, not that one. Hold on. Hold on. This one. Listen to Hootie's voice versus. Don't they sound exactly the same? They do. Hootie's less annoying. This guy is like, you can hear the effort here. I feel like Hootie's singing. They this sound like trying. They sound like exactly the same. Yeah. That's Creed, of course. Yes. Scott Stapp. Stapp. I think yeah, you're Scott right. Scott Stapp, yeah. Big uh, alcoholic drug problem. I didn't realize that, but... Uh, He's got some issues. Yeah, it seems like he has some issues. Odd guy. Yeah. I, uh, I fucking hate Creed, I like, by the I way. see... I did, yeah, I hate Creed. Fucking hate And it. I think a lot of it is because Stapp is so much... is efforting so hard. Yeah, And uh, I feel like Darius Rucker is not as much. It feels more about just making a pleasant sound that also is antiseptic and completely... Yeah. Forgettable. That's right. So it makes complete sense to me that Darius Rucker went to country because I think... I honestly think that country has has more it's just more accepting of of that type of music of, of, of like a, a more standard sound yeah I think so a country doesn't force you to change yeah I'm wondering if uh, so my my stepdad uh, was a truck driver forever and so he would listen to country music and it made sense because it wasn't he was a big rock guy like in his youth but when you're driving like you know, long distances, it, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't like, see, I would think that would just make me tired. I'd be too. worried about that. Like yeah. this song, this music was so, and it was just like nothing. It was like white noise. Yeah. And it wasn't, uh, so I, I gave this song a solid C because it's not bad. It's the most it's average not, yeah. thing we've ever covered on this show. It's very right. It's average. It's very vanilla. It is. It is, it is literally the definition of average. Yeah. It, it was, like I said, I really want to do that thing when we rank the songs. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. How can I ask you? I'm not going to ask you to do something. I can't, I don't, I mean, I don't even know the difference. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to do it either. Yeah. They're, they're basically the same. Yeah. So luckily we probably won't, I mean, we probably won't have to talk I'm, I'm about him. We've never hit these guys. Yeah. Cause, again. cause it'll just be the same stuff in the same time period. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. And you know, they had this year and probably next year. It's so funny. It's so weird to me. Like with, you know, I think I talked about the spin doctors feeling like they were so long, but they were really like a year or two years. We talked about that in the car. Yeah, we talked about that in the car, sorry. Um, Same thing with like Hootie. It felt like they were there forever just because they were played all the time and we were younger. So, you know, them being around two or three years was 15 years out of our life or something. Yeah, so it just felt like they were there forever, but really, nope, they had their one little year. Big album and- Shining moment in the sun and then now they're gone. I think a lot of it too was a- um, uh, was a rebuke or a uh, throw was a um sorry for uh, like an, uh, anti grunge oh yeah so you have you know think about ninety two ninety three ninety four you have Nirvana Pearl Jam kind of dominating the airwaves yeah and even kind of even in uh, imposing on pop to some extent yeah and I think a lot of people not me because I like that sound yeah especially back then uh were looking for something different. And Hootie did this, and for those people, it made them really happy. Maybe that's why they had. But if Hootie and the Bullfish had come out and say 2005 instead of 95, they wouldn't have. They don't go. It wouldn't have been as big. No way. Or even in 85, as opposed to. Yeah. Like they had the exact right time to be yep. on the radio because people wanted something that wasn't grunge. Or not everybody, but some people. Did. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a good counterpoint to the other music. And I think that that's why on. they succeeded. I think you're right. Um, that's all I have for uh, for Hootie. I mean, yeah, no, I'm good. Big album. I'm good. There you go. 
Want to talk about where you were? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we've kind of hit this general area a ton. Yeah, we have. Um, we are in now March of 95. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I'm not going to drag down the story with another uh, dead dad story here. Uh, my dad had passed away, I guess, four months, three months earlier. So, uh, but what I was doing this time, I can guarantee you, was I was listening to Howard Stern. Yeah. So, Howard Stern was a huge part of my life uh, in high school. Um, how his show worked was it was on WBCN 1041 in Boston and he would tape in New York a live, he'd go live during the morning, but BCN would air his show in its full entirety at night starting at, I think I believe it was at seven. Was it eight or seven? I think it was at seven. Yeah. Remember from seven to 11. And, um, then he also would go long. He turned to just go like an extra hour and a half. It was crazy. It was, it was huh. the most banana land show ever. It was so great. It was, this is back even before Artie Lang. This is back when Jackie Martling, Jackie the Joke Man Martling was on. Yeah. And if you listen to Kirk Minahan show, he talks a lot about him and his buddies. Kirk's a little older than I am, but him and his buddies would just drive around like Massachusetts just to have an excuse to listen. Like they would just drive around listening to Howard. Right. And that's what me and my buddies would do. Only we didn't drive. We would like just listen to Howard and then we'd call each other during commercial breaks. <laughs> Did you hear what Howard did? Oh, I gotta go. Howard's back on. And like, it was just, it was madness. The commercial breaks also would last for like half an hour at a time. Would they really? The, his show, Howard's show was constructed so oddly. Like he would go on for like a 40 minute tangent, especially at the top of the show. Yeah. And then you'd have like 30 minutes of commercial breaks. Weird. And it, it was just strange. Uh, it was strange that BCN had it on at night. Uh, BCN had a very successful morning show at the time, so they didn't want to upset that. Um, but BCN at that time was known for alternative music. So if you wanted, to, you know, if you wanted to hear, and this is at alternative's peak. Yeah. So if you wanted to hear Pearl Jam or Nirvana, and you didn't really like Howard, you didn't want to listen to talk, right? You were just shit out of luck. Yep. Um, this is also the same year that BCN got the Patriots, which is a big deal. Because this is when the Patriots really started to rise up again. Right. They, got, they drafted Bledsoe in 93, and by 95, they were kind of on, on, the, on the way up. And BCN, FM, rock station, got the rights to the Patriots. It was yeah. very strange. So BCN, and like, I think in 93, they got Howard. In 95, they got, um, they got Patriots. the Patriots, and then it was kind of off and running. Um, 90, they, I mean, they had good ratings anyway, but this kind of elevated them to a different stratosphere. Uh, uh, nine, how, Howard was in New York when I was in New York, but I was too young to listen to. I was really, plus I was in school was during the day. Yeah. The only reason I really kind of fell in love with Howard was because it was at night. It was accessible. So what, I, even if I like was watching a Red Sox game or if I was going out that night, whatever I would tape. So I would like, you would tape like a four hour show. Oh, uh, I, if I was a bit, uh, yeah, I would just tape as much of it. I could honestly. Yeah. So like, uh, I would always like, I press pl- like record like right yeah. when I left the house and even if I only got a half hour, it was an extra half hour of Howard I wouldn't have gotten before. Right. I had so many blank tapes of Howard shows that, you know, I had, like, any any way I could get more and more Howard, like, uh, content, I would do. I uh, I bought his book, Private Parts. I yep. bought his book, Miss America. I The very first night his movie came out, Private Parts. Hopefully one day we'll talk about that. And, yeah. And I, I went and saw that with my buddies. And, and, and the first thing we would do, like, like when we all saw each other at school the next morning, we would talk, like, what did Howard just do that? Like, oh, my God, can you do Howard did this or Howard did that? Like it, it was, it was, and the thing with Howard was he, he had a lot of the lesbian stuff, like, and that's what he's kind of known was probably more known for the more outrageous, like sex stuff. Yeah. You know, it was, it was funny at times, but, but I really thought his way that he parody, he would go after celebrities who were these sacred cows and he would just like, he would have Jerry Seinfeld on when Jerry was dating that high school girl yeah. and he would ask him about it. And like Jerry got so pissed, he stopped coming on and Howard didn't care. Like Howard would go after anybody for any reason. He would piss people off and he didn't give a shit. Yeah. Like he was so fearless. And it was, I've never, I never heard anything like that. No. Time. I was like, oh my God, this guy doesn't care who he goes after. This is before the internet was really a big deal. So, you know, you know, up until that time, you were really restricted by what you heard. You didn't get to have 
There wasn't podcasting. Well, it wasn't on demand. Like you had to be there at that time. And not only that, but you also were, you know, think about who controlled the media. Like, oh you yeah, were contro- like yeah, you had cable stations, and yeah, you had networks, and yeah, you had radio. But there's like a government FCC kind of oversees all that. There's no like outlier. So like, there was no podcasting like sure. there is now. There was no independent media coming at you. Like, yeah, you could go online to a chat room. Like, it was just the, you basically were being force-fed media yeah. that was already going through the approval process, the USDA approval process. So to hear something like Howard somehow sneak through, you almost felt like you were hearing something you weren't, especially being a 14, 15-year-old guy. Like, you were hearing something you weren't allowed. Now, my parents were fine with me listening to Howard. My parents didn't have a lot of restrictions on art. My parents bo- believed that art was, uh, there shouldn't be, like, age. Yeah. I mean, this with, with like, sex scenes, I used to, I have to, when I was a little kid, I, my parents let me watch radar movies whenever I wanted to. But I used to, in theory, have to close my eyes during the sex scenes. That was the only kind of rule, I guess. I just think that they felt awkward watching nudity around I'm me. Sure. But, you know, other than that, you know, with the six-year-old kid. But other than that, I had no real rules. Yeah. You know, violence, swears, all that stuff was fine. And they had no issues when you listen to Howard. But even though, it still felt you were, like, you were hearing a secret. Or you were hearing things that you couldn't believe was allowed to be aired. Sure. And uh, it was cool. Like, even though, like, he might have said something outrageous in the morning part of the New York broadcast. It didn't, they never filled they it cut out it? the Boston... Like, even though you're hearing hours later, you still sure. heard the full show. Yeah. Um, and it was just awesome, man. Like, you rooted for Howard. You, 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 you know, you laughed at Gary. I remember during the OJ thing. Um, that was when the OJ chase. Yep. Uh, when, uh, you know, the caller got through. It was like, and did that voice. And, uh, you know, Peter Jennings uh, believed him. And then Al Michaels had to come on and say that it was a prank call. <laughs> like, I knew it was a prank call because I was a Howard fan at the sure. time. And it was like, oh, my God, I'm in on this show. It was just awesome, man. Like, uh, it was great. And honestly, I didn't get like that excited about any sort of like radio or any sort of like, I don't know, like thrilling stuff until like Kirk. Yeah. So I heard Kirk yeah, yeah. Uh, when I moved back. So I moved back to uh, New Hampshire in 2016. I had read about some of Kirk's antics, like when I was living in New York, but I wasn't, you know, it's hard, you know, I, I didn't, yeah, how are you going to get it on that? I listened to, so I listened to Dennis, I listened to EI 95 as well. So this right. is right around when I started listening to 95, uh, yeah. EI. And, um, you know, I listened to Eddie Andelman and Dale Arnold and those guys. Yeah. And then it, um, you know, you had the big show and stuff. And then you had Jerry and Dennis, the Dennis and Callahan show. And that was a, a really interesting take at that time because they would infuse politics and entertainment with sports, which isn't revolutionary now. But like at the at time, time. it kind of was. And they were kind of mean and nastier than you typically got. It was, it was innovative for its time. Yeah. Um, and, but then when I came back home though and heard Kirk, I remember like where I was when I heard Kirk, like for the first time really listening to, I finally had, a, I was uh, driving to my new job. Uh, I just moved back home and I'm like, Oh, I'll put, yeah, I'll put, I'll put on, honestly, I was like, I'll put on Callahan. Sure. Cause I know him. I, I know he's with this new guy, this mini Hane guy, but I'll, I'll put on Callahan and listen. And I'm like, Whoa, he just jumped like out of the radio. I'm like, what is this? I'm really, yeah, I'm really yeah, instantly yeah. compelled. Yeah. And, um, and I've been, you know, been listening nonstop since then because I just I, he's incredible. But uh, but yeah, it's the same kind of thing with Kirk. I mean, with the, with the Kirkman Man show now, it's great because you can go and take chances. Same like Howard. Oh well, Howard went to serious. When the rules no longer were in play, it wasn't as. But I remember hearing Kirk on EEI, and you're like knowing full well the FCC's there. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. and you know Zambrano's waiting with a dump yeah, button, and yeah. you just you just know that any time he could say something that would get him kicked off. And yeah. it's just like this guy is fucking a is fearless, and b I can't believe what I just heard. Right. Uh, now the podcast is better because he doesn't have those restrictions, so you're not currently. But there is a special thrill in a bizarre way of when they are being restricted. Of course, there is. It's, yeah. like, it's a little bit more like yeah, it's a threat of the gun right know. there. It's Absolutely. weird. It's weird how like when there is, you know, when there's like a regulation, it's more 
know, like more like it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Uh, I don't know what the word more like rebellious or more. I don't know the rebellious, but like it's almost like more like you shouldn't be allowed to hear this. But then you hear way raunchier content on a podcast, and you don't think twice about it. It's funny how that that Absolutely. works. Yeah, that works. Um, but yeah, but Howard, man, I cannot say enough like how much I listened to him and how much he was a part of my life, especially during some tough times when my dad was sick and stuff. Like just being able to have that distraction. Like when my dad was really sick, I like baseball went on strike and I'm a huge baseball fan, especially back then. I was like, this sucks. I have no, you have no out. I remember I listened to, I watched the Ken Burns documentary. Oh, right. Cause that was on during the, when the world series should have been. And I fucking, I ate that up with a spoon. Cause I'm like anything, but honestly, most of my nights were spent listening to, especially I didn't have my license back then. No, I'm a sophomore high school. I was like, I had nothing, you know, girls and Howard and, and Howard, you know, kept me sane for a lot of that, you know, just like when I was going through some issues with my divorce, Kirk, was always there. Like that show was always there. Yeah. Those distractions can really, really help you out a lot Agreed. when you're feeling down, whatever. No, you know, I'll forever be indebted to Howard. Definitely now sucks. Definitely sold out. It's definitely is. Yeah. You're not going to let you don't let you. When was the last time you listened to Howard? Stern? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, no, it's been a long time. My buddy still listens to everyone. So I'm in the car with him. Like throw Howard. I want to hear. I'm like, Oh fucking Christ. Like it just, it, 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 it aggravates me and infuriates me. It sucks because you know what he used to be. It's just really, it's, it's just too bad. He should have, I wish, I know he gets a lot paid a shitload of money, but I wish he had just retired. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and obviously, you know, I have Kirk now, so it's, you know, Kirk still is doing things that Howard, you know, used to do as far as pushing the envelope and going after, you know, some of these celebrities that you wouldn't hear people typically go after. It's a little, well, different, a little different in the internet world though. Cause now you do get a lot of, you know, everything now you have, you know, everyone has a voice. We're back in 1995. No one had a voice. Right. But at that time, it felt more rebellious. Like now, or felt like the time was more rebellious. Right now, it doesn't feel very, like people are trying to homogenize um, the culture. You know, you, when when we look at social media, that's that's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, it's very homogenous where, so where back then, if, you know, I felt like the time was- And you was, have a whole cancer culture now you didn't have Exactly, right. You don't have, right. you didn't have that back then. You you were fighting the, the state. You were fighting the government if you right. were, if you were Howard Stern- but now if you were Howard Stern in his prime here, if you're Kirk, you're, you're, you're fighting cancel culture. You're, you're fighting, fighting a culture, which is a different battle. It's a totally different battle. It's yeah. honestly not as much fun. No, uh, it sucks. I wish I liked when you're going after just like one entity. Cause it's like FCC. Fuck you can see it. Yeah. Where now it's like, you just, you know, you just get your neighbors. But now instead of it being just like a, a shotgun blast from the FCC, you're getting paper cut to death by like people yep. who just find everything offensive. And that is so, it's so much more annoying. And do now. They realize, like, do you realize like you're on, the side of the FCC. Like that's who you guys, you are yeah. motherfuckers. Like you are, you are the FCC. You are, yeah, you're one big fucking octopus of uh, fucking FCC people now. And Kirk's all right. Kirk says it on the show. He's like, you know, it's funny when I was growing up and same thing for me, you know, you listen to Howard, it was the Republicans trying to take Howard down. Yeah. We're now, and you know, and now it's almost like the Democrats are the ones who approach. I mean, I get it. I mean, you have, you have every religious right. Everybody, I'm not trying yeah, to party yeah. on it, but it is funny how things change and you just have like one kind of troop more leading the censorship route. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing sucks, but, um, but yeah, but uh, that's what you're doing. Listen to Howard every night. Absolutely. Howard Stern, a huge part of my life, especially in the 90s. And it was, it was uh, like I said, I'll forever be indebted to, to Tim. It was a great show. Late 90s, Howard was amazing. Yeah, cool. Um, shall we move on to headlines? Headlines. Dow Jones hit a record high, 4,035. Yeah. So what are we in now, 95? Yeah, the economy's starting to pick yeah. up yeah, from, yeah. Uh, from what, the Bush years. Was it now 29,000 or something? Like yeah, it's crazy. Worse. But it, but it, yeah, yeah. So this one's interesting. I, I wondered if you ran into it. I remember this happening um, vaguely, but uh, episode of the Jenny Jones show. Do you know what I'm referring to? Mm. So Jenny Jones had a talk show just like Maury Povich. Is this a clan and, thing? No, it's not a clan okay. thing, but I'm sure she I'm did. 
uh, stuff like this. She did an, Jenny Jones is a, right, so she's like a midday-ish uh, talk show host. She had, you know, kind of rea- pre-reality TV sort of reality it talk was, shows. At its time, it was known as like a shocking Donahue. Yeah. It was, it was before Jerry Springer. That's so it was right. like, it was like, oh, Donahue kind of like with an edge. Yes. A little exploitive. Yeah. It's weird. I, those, I wonder if those things exist anymore. I've, I've never. Well, uh, uh, now that's because like Ellen. Well, is, now it's like Ellen and Kelly Clarkson show. Yeah. It's more like friendlier. Yeah, this is stuff. It, this this was caustic. That was combative. Yeah, yeah exactly. it wasn't as caustic as Jerry, but it was like no. a level below. Exactly. So, um, so Jenny Jones, she has this app. Ep- she does an episode that's devoted to same sex crushes, and she's got this guy on. I do. I know. You remember? Right yeah. Scott uh, Amager is his name. Um, so he he. He gets on the show and he comes with this uh, female friend of his and they're sitting, they're sitting on stage and it's just the, them two right now. And Jenny's asking him about his, his crush. So he reveals that he has a crush on an acquaintance of theirs, this guy, Jonathan Schmitz. Um, now, Jonathan knew um, Scott's like buddy, the, the, the chick. Um, and they, they weren't really friends, but I guess he was, he did some work on her car and, and some other stuff. But um, so Jenny asks, so He's got this crush, and he's Jenny's bringing them together on this show. Um, Scott and uh, and John, and Scott's supposed to like basically tell him that he's got a crush, and you know we'll see what happens. Uh, John's backstage; he's got headphones on. He doesn't he doesn't know anything. He just knows he's on the show. It's pretty good sport to like. Yeah, I'm gonna go out to fucking Hollywood and go on this show, people, and I don't even know why. Be on TV. I'm not doing that. No, it's- <laughs> but Jesus. So he, Jenny's like asking Scott to reveal fantasies and he does. He's like, well, I've got, you know, he, he's, you see him, he, he's kind of embarrassed talking about it, but he's like, yeah, I had a, you know, of uh, him in my hammock with me. He's and, and she's pushing. She's like getting him to tell more and more stories. So I think he's, he tells like three, three of these fantasies. So John's backstage and he knows that it's a crush on him, doesn't know who it is. And he's thinking to himself, um, I was engaged. I was with this woman for three years and we got engaged it didn't work out. So he's thinking that it's her. Like she wants reconciliation. And he was telling his buddies before the show, if it's her, I'm not going to fuck it this up this time. I'm going to like, I'm going to ask her to marry me. We're going to get married. We're going to do it. I fucked it up last time. So he's, you know, he's, he's got this picture in, in, in his head of what, of what he's hoping it can be. So he comes out. Um, he actually thinks, so he thinks it's the, the woman, right? That's the crush. So he hugs her right away and shakes. Um, I think he shakes uh, uh, Scott's hand. John sits down and Jenny's like, Hey, did you know it's actually uh, Scott here? That's got the crush on you. And you can, you can tell he's embarrassed. Um, and he, so she tries to, uh, so, so Jenny Jones plays back some of the fantasies. She's trying to get like, see if, if uh, Scott will kiss John. Um, and it's, it's, it's just kind of a weird, it's, it's, it's weird. Like everybody looks very uncomfortable as you might imagine, but I'm sure, but Jenny knows she's, she's good at this. She's like, I know how to make this into a spectacle where people will, will, I know how to like push the right buttons. She's, she's good at it. I watched the video of this happen. Um, cause this didn't get aired, but I'll tweet it out. Um, so show gets done and they all go out drinking afterwards. Uh, Scott and John, um, and their, their friend, and they like they talk and it's cool, whatever. But a few days later, Scott sends John like a suggestive note saying, you know, hey, you know, I know that you did. I don't know. I know you dig me or I could only only one. I, I have the equipment that can fulfill your needs, that type of thing. And um, John goes crazy and goes and kills him. Fucking kills him. Um, and and he never like and, and that they never air the show. The family of Scott sues Jenny Jones. 
Yes, um, it's, it's known as the Jenny Jones murder. The Jenny Jones murder, right. And, and, uh, it, and it's just... It's yeah, like, it was in the court for... It was, a, it was a, quite a... Because they found for the family um, in the beginning, but then it was overturned later, so... Is that what finally happened? Yeah, that's what, that's what happened. So, no. And so, my question to you was, is how, how much is Jenny responsible for this? Because she, she obviously... She saw what would be compelling, and she picked at it. And, uh, you know, and, and, and made yeah, the people yeah. on her show do stuff. I mean, didn't make them, but like, well, she, you know, yeah, yeah. She, she made a, yeah. I, I mean, she's not responsible for someone's murder, I guess, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not great. I mean, then this was, so this is too in the height of this, like Sally, Jesse Raphael and a lot yeah. of these shows, uh, Ricky Lake, a lot of these shows did dominate TV and Jenny was kind of known for being one of the more shocking, s- shocking of that group. Maury Povich was as well. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but Jenny was, was certainly that. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is ignorant. I mean, you knew what you were going on when you went on the Jenny Jones. So typically, unless you were you really naive. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess in a bizarre way, it's the audience, some, not the studio audience, but the audience at home. Like what kind of person wants to watch these kind of shows? I don't know. I was never, I never liked Jerry Jones. I never liked any of those. But like, you know, why, why would you, why do you want to watch people get like tricked? And that's what all that show was. It's like, exactly. People. It's yeah. like, oh, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, who's responsible at the end of the day, the person that murdered the of person course, is responsible. Of course. But Obviously. does the content creator but, in that point, like at that, does, like, do they hold any, maybe, maybe not liability, but ethically is there, is there, is there something that it just, it just what, what makes someone, I don't know. Why would you want to have a show like that? I wouldn't. And why would you want to watch a show like that? I, 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 yeah, I, I, but people did. I mean, this was, you know, these were syndicated shows. They lasted a long time. They were aired all across the country. Um, you know, you may not know who Jenny Jones is now if you're a younger listener, but if you were alive in 1995, you damn well did. Cause you saw her commercials everywhere. You sure. knew who she was, even if you didn't watch her show religiously. Uh, yeah, I guess my, my main thing is like, why was this a thing? Why were these kind of like these shows prior to this, you really didn't get to peer into per, the personal lives of other people. You saw a very, um, you know, um, antiseptic like Hollywood, you know, you, you saw produced content, right? So there weren't, uh, there was, so reality was not, TV didn't exist yet. Didn't I mean, really had, ex- this is like real world season two or three, maybe. Yeah. Um, early. Re- yes. Other than that, there really wasn't reality TV. So maybe that's right. Maybe that kind of, quench that thirst like oh these people are you know normal people who are weird weird too well i think a lot of people watch reality too. tv to feel better than themselves you know Probably. they watch people behave stupidly like well at least i'm not doing that while they eat their fritos and drink yeah. their beer and go to bed watch their billy madison yeah mm, no 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 and i loved real world like one and two uh, i no, think the first two i love those no, two i i and I, I mean i've i i mean i watch survivor pretty regularly i enjoy yeah. it i i you know i definitely enjoy uh, the game of it, but I also enjoy, you know, I'm sure laughing at the people at times. Um, but I don't watch a lot of reality TV. It's, that's about it for me, really. Uh, I did, I did watch like Road Rules uh, or Real yeah, World. Yeah, when yeah. I was in college. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not completely innocent here. No, I guess, but it was guess, different. But. Those weren't really, I mean, there were, it's different than, um, <sighs> than these, these like Maury Povich and Jerry Springer. Yeah. Like, it's not for me. Um, I know Jerry, the, the funny thing about Jerry's show though is, is that's a lot of actors. Like that's a lot. Oh, of, was that's it? Yeah, oh uh, yeah. Like it's I mean, just, I've, they, they're paid. But that to me is almost like a going to the circus. So mm-hmm. that's just, that's just where Jenny was. And that's where a lot of this changed. Should they started using more and more actors because of this, this, yeah. this case. Yeah. And, um, so that kind of shifted things a bit too, but Jerry had to get so spectacular. Regular people wouldn't behave that way. Right. So then he started bringing in people and that's, that's a different element of entertainment. It's like, that's like pro wrestling. That's just exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, but where Jenny exploiting regular people like that, I, I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to have that job. Well, even though I remember, um, you know, a few, 
maybe around this time or a little bit later, some of the um, former real world actors would come back and say the producers wanted me to act this way. Mm. Like they even said it. So I, I think I think the producers of these show maybe it was after this after this thing they started really guiding what you were going to do on that show too. You it wasn't really as real anymore as it used to be. I'll put it this way: when yeah. I lived, when I lived in New York City, I knew several, as in more than three, four, five, six people who were writers for reality TV shows. Really? Yes. Jesus. More than three. Ah. Yeah. So what's the point? I mean, it, just, it doesn't, it never, never really appealed to me anyway, besides the real world ones. Those think are, about that. Those like, are interesting. Like, yeah, I know. It's all, they're so all fucking scripted. Bullshit. Everything you think you're watching is not, like, none of it's yeah. real. It's all, it's all, you know, planned out and they have storyboards and they have everything. They tell people what to say. It's yeah, all yeah, very yeah, structured. Yeah. So yeah, if you think you're watching quote unquote reality TV, it's not like all those real housewives. So they're all scripted. They're all storyboarded. Like those things are all, you know, they're all crafted a certain way. You know? It's a big, it's a big money maker for them. Cause you don't need, you're not paying actors really. You're not paying for sets. Right. Um, some of them are able even to get away with using union crews for some extent. So, you know, you're, you're cutting a lot of corners. It's very inexpensive to shoot these and make mm. these. So, um, you just, you know, it's a lot of time in the editing room, but it's a lot cheaper to pay editor than it is to pay. Ted oh, of course it's like Ted Danson. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, yeah, reality TV is bullshit. There's, there's, and, uh, this, I guess was real, but maybe, too real too too fucking yeah real. yeah no yeah. i agree with you that this is i mean this isn't jenny's fault um she was just doing her her jenny job. jones though scumbag scumbag yeah but ultimately like you know it's the action that the person who killed you know you right. the murder is the, is the one with the yeah. that's culpable here yeah um i think that's it so cool so we're back on uh if you have a patreon we're back on sunday with outbreak and some song and some song. And then uh, if you don't, uh, or if you do, we're still back on Wednesday with Goodwill Hunting. And the song I haven't picked yet. Yes, I didn't even know the week. So yeah, we're back. We're going to be going to 1998 and Goodwill Hunting, which is a movie I'm sure a lot of people have thoughts about. So, uh, so. see you on Sunday or Wednesday. See you.